0: Welcome to episode 185 of Coffee, Pods and Wads. This is part two of Spotlight in Europe, sponsored by GoWad, aimed at shining a light on some of the people in Europe making ripples that should really be acknowledged as waves. This series will see uh, Heiner Kapilainen, Joseph Smeikin, Andre Hude, Lucy Campbell and today's guest Jacqueline Dahlstrom share their stories and each week a listener will win a free annual membership with GoWad. The winner of last week's membership was Tony O'Donnell. So uh, congrats, Tony. You can drop me a DM and we'll get that set up for you. Uh, Goad want to put you in a position to perform at your best during the Open and beyond. And they're going to do this by forcing you into positions that you don't really want to get into but are beneficial. Uh, during the Open, they'll be offering free mobilization protocols for everyone specific to each of the workouts that's announced. You can download the app wherever you get your apps and have a look. Uh, there's a mobility test and then specific flows to help you wherever you need it as well. Um, I did mine last week and I was 56%. So I'm half mobile, I guess. Um, so a lot of work to do there. Um, as usual, Rain, Body Fuel, the Hybrid Academy, and Burbox Coach Development are also sponsoring the show. You can use pod 10 on the hybridacademy.store to make yourself look better while you suffer, suffer more um and pods on birdboxcoachingdevelopment.com to improve yourself as a coach um if you like the episode share it rate it review it go to passion.com forward slash coffee pods and wads if you'd like to show even more support than that but rating it or review it really does make a big difference um if you want to win the free year's membership to go Wild, all you have to do is share this episode on social media and tag the show that's it i'll take care of the rest as I mentioned, there today's guest is Jacqueline Dalstrom. Uh, we talk about why she moved to Majorca, training with the program and under John Singleton, and her plans for this year and beyond. Enjoy, listen, share, and tag. So we're uh, a week later than i thought we were supposed to be at a day earlier than we were actually supposed to be because i can't apparently can't look at a calendar tell what day it is and then count um so yeah thanks for doing this first of all um i really appreciate taking the time out um so the you're in majorca is that right that's right and are you would you say that you live there now is that like your full-time home
1: yes i've lived here since 2018 actually so okay. It's a uh, it's a couple. It's, it's yeah. It's turning into a couple of years. I feel like I just moved, but actually, it's uh, you know I've actually been there for a bit of a uh, little while now. So.
0: <laughs> and was that purely training based Was that purely like there's there's water nearby? There's the good weather like pretty much year round. Was it was that the idea?
1: Uh, so yes and no. Uh, it's like one of the things that uh was like extra attra- attractive with Mallorca is obviously that it's great for for training as well and especially if you start thinking like uh, games type training Uh, and also before covid when there was actually a lot of competition happening where you did have swimming and running and biking and there was like a bit of different things Uh, but like long story short i obviously met john uh, at at some point uh, throughout my (laughs) my career Uh, and he he actually moved to mallorca in uh, that must be like nine years ago now um, with his ex-girlfriend so she's mallorquin uh, so John had, uh, when we met, he'd, he had lived here for a year and then it was kind of living a bit like back and, back and forth for like a couple of years. Uh, so when John and I met and we, um, you know, first we just traveled together and we lived out of the backpack and I eventually said that like, I need a base. Uh, and we quickly agreed on Spain because he then already spoke the language and it's kind of neutral ground. So, you know, mm. I'm being from Norway, he, he's from England. So we kind of meet in our case, it's, it's need, neither of them, you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, so Spain was neutral. Um, we actually originally first, John was like, I've been there, done that. I do not want to live in Mallorca again. Um, okay. <laughs> but uh, I think it, it was me at then that like, you know, every time we kind of speak about where we want to live, uh, both of us are like, you know, we are. We're basically just describing Mallorca, you know, we want the sea, we want the mountains, Uh, it should be warm, they should speak Spanish, because that makes sense for being in Europe, so, yeah.
0: And did you you speak Spanish before you moved there? No. uh, So before we started recording, uh, someone knocked on your door and you were speaking like fluent Spanish to them, so how long did that take?
1: (laughs) Uh, well, the fact that you think I spoke fluent Spanish means That's that coming from someone who doesn't speak Spanish. any
0: Spanish <laughs> <laughs> I heard a Spanish word And I was like, oh shit, she's pretty good <laughs> I heard all that I was like, whoa, okay, whoa. she's serious
1: <laughs> No, so I've, I've gotten to the point where I can like Have very, very, very basic conversations uh, yeah. And so that was the Landlord I locked, knocked on the door So I did understand what he was trying to um, To ask me, which you know It's, it's, uh, it's Rafa Nadal has made it to the to the final in the australian open so he actually came to ask if i want to watch that with him uh so i understood everything he said to me but i didn't really manage to communicate to him that like no sorry i have a have a podcast yeah i was like i have then meeting in in english but yeah
0: (laughs) yeah you're just like pointing at the laptop so you're, you're one of those yeah i think i think most people who learn a language are in are there eventually where or at some point where they just appear like the dumb person in the conversation so yeah. they just the other person's talking and you're just kind of nodding blank and then going yes yeah. very slowly at the end yeah
1: so since like i yeah. said i've been there since 2018 so really i should be speaking spanish by now uh that this is just a very bad excuse but in our group we all speak english it's not the yeah. need for spanish and uh if if we were to have this conversation back in 2017 i would be uh not as fluent in my English, at least my English has gotten a lot better Uh, but we're not forced to use Spanish, however when my landlord comes, knocks on the door I have to try, and I have to look like the stupid person, because he doesn't speak in any (laughs) English, it's actually great (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah i suppose nine times out of ten you can just shout john and then he can just come and deal with whatever the problem is like your landlord could have been saying hey you're late on last month's rent like yes. i'm gonna have to go and get the-. and you're just like something about tennis i don't know i'll just you're like i'll tell john <laughs> just
1: nod- nodding my head smiling <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah
1: So unfortunately john is uh he's actually gone to uh to the to the alps now so he's not home to habar out either
0: so <laughs> oh wow okay um so before, um, we'll talk about CrossFit and we'll talk about training in Mallorca and stuff because I do want to dive into that a little bit. But um, I was going to ask if you were active growing up. And I think I saw you talking about doing horse riding. Um, was that like trekking or show jumping or everything or like what what type?
1: Uh, I did show jumping so that was kind of my, okay. my passion.
0: Mm. And how, like, was it like a weekend hobby kind of thing or were you like really invested in it?
1: No, I was, so... Uh, it's very like horse riding is quite expensive um that yeah. so was very invested in the in the sense that i spent you know all my time <laughs> L- in liter- literally
0: yeah, yeah financially and yeah
1: yeah but then um i didn't get like to a high international level because we just like you know the friends that i had that like that i have that still do horse riding you know I, uh, when they were 16 they had like three horses you know and i could drive driven around everywhere by their their dads basically so um yeah we just didn't have the economy to yeah yeah, basically buy the horses and travel around to to those competitions but uh, my whole childhood i did grow up in the stables
0: yeah my wife and her uh sister her sister still does a lot of horse riding she has a Mm -hmm. horse um and she does like jumps and stuff and like trekking and that kind of stuff but my wife um was big into it when she was younger. Mm. Um tells she was like twenty ish. Um and I used to, I well I thought I used to do horse riding when I was growing up. So my wife like schooled me on it so she we were t- like we lived with my dad for a while and we got together first and we were clearing out the house when we were moving <laughs> and there was like you know the rosettes you know the little like yeah, 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 yeah. Badges <laughs> things. so we found one of them and there was a trophy yeah. and my wife was like um we weren't married at the time i'm surprised it didn't put her off to be honest but she was like um oh you have a horse riding trophy and i was like yeah and she was like oh wow god i didn't realize you were that into it and i was like oh yeah we used to go like every week yeah, no, geez, oh, from when I was five until I was about like thirteen or fourteen, we went every week and she was like, Whoa, okay, what's the, what's the she was like approaching the trophy as she as we were talking, and then she picked it up and she was like, This is best lead line and I was like, Yeah, <laughs> wh- what does that mean? And she was like, That's what they give to people who don't win anything, will never win anything, so they're like, Well done on getting on your horse. Like, that's the that's the prize, and I was like, Oh She's like, This is essentially a participation medal and I was like, You didn't even okay. know that. <laughs> no, I, I was like, shit, I have a horse riding trophy. I, yeah. I was like, that's horse riding done, tick, like yeah, on to the next yeah. sport. <laughs> yeah. So um I was curious as well, do you think obviously you need like balance and you know, there's a few things like that. Uh is there is there any skills you think that you acquired learning horse riding that have transferred over to like the, like immediately the ones I thought of Were like obviously balance and that kind of stuff But also like I suppose like fearlessness And then like fucking up and starting immediately again Not like getting derailed by it and stuff
1: Yes yeah, so I was going to say I think it's more like From on the kind of mental Point yeah. of view like just the grit And the perseverance and like not giving up uh, Like Because you know you're dealing with Big animals And mm. like my, my horse riding instructor It was just kind of like the mentality You had like if you fell off You had to get up straight away otherwise the horse won so i think i did i did definitely learn to you know yeah you maybe your skin gets a bit like tougher would you say that
0: yeah yeah yeah. so yeah
1: i think it's skin. um so yeah like from that point of view i did learn a lot i also worked a lot in the stables i do think uh well i don't think i'm pretty sure that i got like very good base conditioning and and strength (laughs) Not from necessarily the actual horse riding, but since I was was working, like I would would run next to the hor- school horses for like mm. hours and hours in in the sand, you know, every evening, uh, and then just like you know lifting and throwing hay baths around. So I did I did get a good kind of base from all the world Far, farm things. strong you're yeah, farm exactly, strong exactly yeah
0: <laughs> uh, have you done horse riding uh, since like since uh, say early teens
1: yes yeah, so actually i sold my pony when i was like 16 and then i didn't get into it uh well i didn't kind of continue you know like you know that's yeah. that high school and other things start being cooler and uh but it was actually when i got when we moved here to mallorca uh, john uh, organized it for us as a surprise to me uh, and, so romantic yeah well he didn't come with though because he's super allergic <laughs> <laughs> so he just sent me yeah, off he like, was like blowing his nose yeah. waving you off <laughs> uh, so but, but he was very like lucky in a sense that he actually set me up with one of the show jumping instructors uh, here on the island and she right. had very good horses so it, was, it ended up being like a very good experience for me because if you're if, if you're used to riding horses and then you go to like it's typical um, riding oh, yeah, school okay. The horses usually aren't like, you know, ridden through properly. So you can't, you know, they're stiff and they're not as, as good. But I actually got to like, you know, ride a good show jumping horse. So since right. that, I've actually gone once, uh, once a week. Um, okay. But I've not gotten back into the grooves um, uh, in January, basically. so after Christmas holiday. Well, after Dubai, I haven't, um, yeah, I need to take it up again. And that's one of the things that I have to uh, make a bit of a decision, about whether I should continue or not. Uh, yeah, I
0: was going to say, because, like, if you fall off or if you, you know, it's... A, it's Yeah. I know you can get hurt anywhere doing anything, but I suppose it dramatically increases the chances if exactly. you're sitting on top of an animal, like, yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. So that's that's one part of it. And then also just the rest, because, uh, you know, training yeah. is so intense. So I actually, like, going... But it's something that it gives me so much, like, mentally, and it makes me really happy. So that's, that's yeah. one of the things that, like, one of the reasons why I want to keep it. But at the same time, like, if, if I want to be, you know, my very best, I just have to, like, I have to live a very boring life. Uh, yeah. And have to eat, I have to sleep, train, and then that's that's all. And everything that you choose to spend energy on that's not, you know, directly towards you becoming better, you know, it's, you know, put puts, you know, um, you can you can say it's kind of wasted energy in 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 some sense oh. uh if you go to the extremes so it's a bit like yeah
0: And do you do you think like that if so all the, say all the little decisions that you make or if you if you imagine those as like step four like a, a, each one is a little tiny step forward or a big step forward depending on what the decision is and mm. then do you think that if you say if you continue horse riding or if you you know decide to take an extra rest day or decide not to take a rest day or whatever do you think that those are are those do those decisions result in a step backwards or they do do they result in just standing still
1: Uh, As i think this is hard it's it's hard to kind of you know say for sure because i think you know it depends on what it is uh as well you know it's it yeah yeah, you know everything you do wouldn't necessarily have that big of an impact but then obviously if I, hide, I have the choice between going horse riding on my rest day or staying at home maximizing my recovery you know it is staying at home maximizing my recovery and not stressing you know making sure that I can meal prep and I do you know extra mobility work that's obviously what's going to make me uh, better if I kind of put those two up against each other wow. uh, so it's kind of those those decisions you have to make all the time and I think if you listen to any talk that uh, you know Matt, Matt Fraser have had he was very like you know, he did not do anything that did not have to do with CrossFit and it would make him a better athlete. So, mm. and I wouldn't say I'm at that extreme, but you know, at the same time, he said, it's, "It's you know, it's every time someone asks, I do you want to go out for dinner." And then living in Spain, dinner means that you're going to be home by ten, you know. So, so then I yeah. won't get my sleep, and then that's going to affect the training the day after. So, it's all those small things that you kind of have to think twice about, and then. You know, kind of make the decision how, how important is it for you to be as good as you can be.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um, when did you find CrossFit?
1: Uh, I started, I, the first time I walked into CrossFit gym was in 2014. Uh, and it was just by, by coincidence. So, the CrossFit gym opened next door to the global gym that I was training at. Uh, so, kind of just a bit curious, you know, about what it was. Um, so, yeah, just went in, gave it a go.
0: Can you remember what the first, like, class or workout or anything was?
1: No, I don't remember. Like, I know everyone, everyone, like, knows, like, this is the first workout I did. I know that uh, seven was one of the, you know, one of the first, like, hero workouts I did. And I I thought it was really fun. Uh, But no, I don't remember exactly what the first workout was. I don't. Uh.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think people, the people that remember... I've kind of, so part of me thinks that some people just make up a thing. They just say like, that's the, that's the first memorable one I did. So I'll just say that, or that's the first open work that I did. So I'll just say that because I think if you ask someone like, what's the first thing you did in CrossFit? And they just say like, Oh, like back squats, like it's not very interesting. So they're like, I need a better answer to that question. If it comes up, Um, can you remember then? So like 2014, um, and you said, twenty eighteen, you moved um, to Mallorca. So that's obviously like taking it uh, like, you know, pretty seriously to move mm. um country i suppose it, like can you remember a moment between 2014 2018 where you thought like oh shit i could be really good at this like i could if i really knuckle down here
1: so, so that's quite interesting so i like until like very recent i never had like i never actually you know said to myself like i'm going to make it to the crossfit games i'm going to be one of the best in the world like this is so I actually started off and I didn't want to compete. I just wanted to train for half. That was, like, the first yeah. thing. So I just did, uh, and I actually stopped doing crossfit for a period because the, the guys at the gym were pushing me to compete and I didn't want to compete. So I went back to the global gym for a couple of months because, like, you know, just did my kind of running intervals and, and strength training.
0: How um, how far in was this? If if you started 2014, when are you talking there? So
1: then they got me to do the Open in 2014. And then after Open 2014, people were like, because at that point, I couldn't do double unders. And, like, you know, I was, like, doing, like, semi-strict toaster bar. and uh, But then it was, like, if you if you just, like, if you're just a bit dedicated, you don't have to do much, but just a bit dedicated, you know, you, you could do well and you can do well in Norway. And I was, like, you know what? I, I do not want this. I'm training because I want to, you know, I just want to have fun. I do not – and I want to be healthy. I do not care about, like, the competition side of it at all. Uh, so I went back to the global gym. And then it must have been – then late 2014, like maybe October 2014, I came back again. Um, and then it just kind of started, like, wanting to be able to RX the classes, you know. So, okay, I could do toast bar, but it was strict toast bar. I did strict pull-ups. I couldn't do, um, you know, muscle-ups and stuff like that. So just wanting to be able to, like, be, yeah, just join in on what it was. And I quite enjoyed the, the challenge of trying to, to do, like, learning something new. And then it was in 2005 after regionals two thousand and fifteen where I got like the first kind of uh, taste of wanting to compete a bit, because um, then I had just been doing the the, the classes and it was in Europe. I think I was, if I don't remember wrong, I was like fifty fourth or something in Europe. Uh, and back then it was regionals and it was top thirty that qualified for um, for regionals. So I I just then kind of like you know maybe if I just do a bit more I could actually make it to regionals next year that'd be pretty cool Because mm. uh, we also went to watch regionals in 2015 and so it was when I watched in 2015 I was like you know what I want to be here next year Uh, so then you know I didn't necessarily do that much more but just a bit more organised training then leading up to seven, uh, 16 so then qualify for regionals in 16 and then it was like okay but you know what it's actually not that fun being like first heat, heat to regionals you know it's, I want to be be in the heat with the best people because actually like when you go somewhere and you're even though you're qualified and that's really good it's actually not fun when you're amongst the worst at the competition uh, if, if, if you know what I mean so then then it became like a bit of like a competition with myself like can you can you do better next year can you be in the best heat maybe uh, and then it's just kind of continued like that so even back then i and didn't necessarily have the the drive to make it to the games, but I just wanted to see, like, you know, how good can I become? Uh,
0: And then, so is that like, would you say that 2018 changed that then? Because I know you, like, you just missed out in 2018. So is that the kind of time where you were like, all right, fuck this. Like, if, like, it's there if I want it, I just need to go for it.
1: Yeah. So in 17, I think I was, I was seventh or eighth. uh, in in europe like meridian regionals in 17 and then they made changes to the to europe so all of a sudden like Hmm. europe got got more spots and i was like you know what actually if if they didn't divide it but they had kept regionals just like it was but they gave us eight spots instead i'm actually you know um i could qualify so it was going into 2018 i was like you know I, i could do this um but like you said i was i was close but i didn't make it lots of you know reasons behind why i didn't make that but that's when i uh, you know i sat down with john we we made the decision to move to mallorca and stop traveling uh just to have a bit more of a structure leading into like the next season because um, i just then wanted to come back to regionals 2019 knowing that i you know leaving no doubt for myself that at least like i've done what i can do uh whilst in 18 i knew that i hadn't done everything and i think that's where I left that's that left like a bit of a, a bitter taste knowing that Mm -hmm. you know you could have done more to uh to qualify and you were also so close by you know not doing everything so yeah
0: Mm -hmm. can you remember like a different feeling so obviously you're saying 2016 um you were there and you know you were whatever like 23 24 and probably you know you're talking about it now in hindsight saying like oh i was there but like it kind of wasn't as good as i thought it could have been because i wasn't in the best heat or whatever like can you remember a, a different feeling in being on the floor say 2016 2017 2018 like is there was there a period of time along there where you felt like oh i belong here or at the start where you did you not feel like you belonged or was that ever present do you think
1: uh so in 16 it wasn't i didn't feel like i didn't belong but i just had no clue what i went went to uh and mm. i got very it's just like such small things, but like when you haven't competed before, just being aware that actually uh, judging can can play a big role and then knowing what to do if you have a judge that keeps no-wrapping you for no reason. So so that kind of caught me because I had a very bad uh, judging experience in one of the workouts and that threw me very off. I also didn't have like a, someone helping me backstage. So in 16, it was more that, you know, for me back then, regionals were so big and I felt very very alone and i didn't necessarily know uh you know know what to do um so that's you know i didn't like i said i didn't necessarily enjoy the experience that much because it was just so you're kind of thrown in at the deep end and then like oh shit this is this is what it is uh and then in 17 i was just like a lot more uh it just prepared and knew like okay there's actually things out of the outside of your control as well so if that happens you can't freak out and you know like you know that you can you know call for the head judge if if that's needed but i had like a strategy going into the workouts um so it's just you kind of mature a bit when you have competed competed uh, and you know what you're going to
0: Mm. um Um, you so you made it in 2019 mm. You're in madison for the first time um is that like when you arrived um say took the step from regionals up to being at the games is it like what you expected it to be or like it was it like more than you thought it was going to be was it a disappointment was it exactly what you'd hoped for um or or like how did it strike you when you were there
1: uh so so 20 like since 2019 was the first year i don't necessarily think i got the experience that people had prior to that and after that if that makes sense because in twenty nineteen, is that
0: because the cuts and the bigger field and that exactly, kind
1: of stuff? we were just like one. We were so many people, and because all of a sudden it kind of become. So I, I did qualify as the top twenty in in the world, uh, but there was also so many um, you know national winners. So all of a sudden it didn't have the same weight in in the sense that you mm-hmm. qualify for the CrossFit Games. Uh, so just being a CrossFit Games athlete in twenty nineteen, it then. It was always the question afterwards, like how did you qualify, and then again how did you do at the CrossFit Games, um, and then you know like I said the field was so big it was cuts. The cuts in twenty nineteen was actually good for me because I I was injured um, and I knew going into to the weekend that I wouldn't be able to uh, follow through with all the all the workouts anyways. So the fact that uh, there were cuts made you know um, allowed me to come just enjoyed the few competitions i could do knowing that i would get cut instead of going knowing that i would actually have to withdraw at some point um, um
0: was there ever a point of like was there ever a, a decision to be made about not competing then or did like did you is there a, is there was there a, a question mark over until you heard that there was cuts and you were like oh screw it i'll go and i'll do it mm-hmm. or or is it because it's the games you were never going to not go uh so
1: since it was my first well one. I didn't admit to myself like how serious my injury was, and I always okay. just like try to in the back of my head like, okay, you know, there's still like three weeks to the games, so, you know, you can make it. It's not that bad. But I um, I've now learned that when, when you injure a nerve, that takes a very long time to heal. So you're going to need a lot more than three three weeks. Um, so it wasn't just originally. I, I thought it was just like you know, I just tweaked my back and it just has to rest. Uh, but then, you know, realized that it wasn't wasn't as simple as that. But I was kind of probably a bit in denial that, like, once I'm at the floor and the adrenaline kicks in, I'm going to be fine. Uh, which, you know, obviously was not the case. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think I, John, I- yeah, sorry, I think John probably would have, uh, you know, denied me to compete if he didn't know about, like, if it wasn't cuts. I think he then oh, yeah. would have, yeah, he would have then had the conversation with me, like, you know, you can't compete. Uh, but he also let me kind of have the experience of going to the CrossFit Games because, you know, there were cuts and I wouldn't have to push my body through, uh, through the whole weekend.
0: And how, have you had any like residual issues with your back or anything though? No.
1: So it's, um, so it's when, you, when you kind of have an injury, is very normal that you get sensitized. Uh, so i haven't had you know i haven't gotten injured again since that but my back is what you would call sensitive so i just have to be a bit um aware of of certain things especially you know if i know that it's been a very stressful period or i haven't recovered uh, my back is is very often the first thing that would kind of give in um and that's do you
0: get do you get nervous about it or is it just one of those things
1: yeah so this is the other thing you also do get nervous and i think like back and then like you know having a prolapse and a disc injury it's just uh like a lot of emotions attached to it as well and yeah. people are very like scared of you of the back
0: I heard a, a, an amazing um comparison when uh Sivan was inter- interviewing Sarah Sigmund's daughter and he said that an injury like like hers or like a back injury or whatever it's like one of those where you're dating someone and they cheat on you and then in your next relationship you're like, is this gonna happen again? Yeah. Like do I need to be careful? Yeah, I yeah. thought that was yeah, it was a good way of describing it. Um in twenty twenty one then, so I mean you had I've I've listed what I because I, I thought it was very impressive so like top forty in the open, fourth and quarterfinals, second and semifinals, and then seventeenth at the games. Like I know like 2016, 2021 or 2021 is a, like, it's like in an athlete's career, it's probably, I guess you could argue it's a long time, like from 14 to, or from 16 to 21, but like in, in, in the grand scheme of things, like it's a really short period of time to have the transition from making it to regions at the first time, uh, for the first time and being like one of the lower heats to, you know, hitting all those markers like fourth in quarters and second in semifinals and then going to the games and like you know in in, I suppose probably in the scenario that more felt like what you expected 19 to be would that be fair
1: yeah yeah so you know if I didn't get injured that was kind of what I would have hoped for in in 19 if that's what you may may mean
0: but even just like the the experience I guess Mm, because it was more true to what you had grown up like watching or what you had seen and stuff
1: yeah yeah, no, uh, twenty one was that was that was really cool. Um, it did leave a bit of like a, it was was a lot of tension behind the scenes, like before the cut, because Games obviously again announced that we were going to be cut down to twenty athletes uh, in twenty twenty one. Yeah, and they announced that like three days before we started competing or something like that. Uh, so the first kind of workouts, it was more about trying to survive and staying in top twenty than actually like. You know, enjoying it, hmm. uh, and then once once you made the cut, it was like, okay, you can you can really just take this in, enjoy, have fun. Um, but yeah, twenty one was. Uh, it was just you know when you've worked because, in some ways, you kind of kind of felt like two thousand twenty was kind of taken away from me in in, yeah, yeah. in some ways as well. And I'm I know I'm not the only one, but um, you know we were a few athletes that were injured at the at the start of the season, and then you know planned it to. To attack the back end of the season but then uh you know all the back end competition kind of just got yeah they didn't care about it they just cut the season short and then uh, went on mm. with it so i didn't feel like um, you know i got to to showcase what i had worked on in 2020 because I, um, I do think at the back end of 2020 i was ready to compete again so it's just like you know just being able to show not not necessarily for others but then to to myself as well mainly that all the hard work had paid off and you know that i that i could could make it back and i did belong belong on that competition for. so just um, yeah and it's just a really good taste and just you know you're relieved when you work so hard for something yeah.
0: and the differences between say 2019 and 2021 is it is it like just the same thing but like small improvements over and over like small little incremental improvements and in everything or was did big changes happen like or is, is it just like small little tweaks at that point
1: uh so i would say i've just been so at if you kind of look at me in 2017 uh, i was not as good of an all-round athlete as i am today i was had more holes but already then i was i was more of like an all-rounder i didn't have any like obviously the things that i'm i'm worse like, not as good at as other things, but I, I didn't have, like, any kind of major holes and anything that I'm also great at. I was just kind of, like, evenly uh, hmm. mediocre across the board. Uh, so we've just kind of tried to raise everything a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's just been, like you said, just a bit better on everything. So.
0: And um, how long? So the program, I suppose, is kind of the the... Uh, the moniker of the program, I suppose, is new enough. It's, like, you know, uh, recent enough as far as, like, John's coaching has gone. Like, it's the, you know, the the, the new hub in Mallorca and all the athletes, mm. like, coming to Mallorca and stuff. But ha- how long have you been, uh, had him as a coach? Uh,
1: so I've, I've been doing the program since uh, after Regionals 2016. Okay. Uh, and then I met him for the first time in, like, February, uh, February seventeen. So it's then from February 17 where where he started working more uh, directly with me.
0: Um, um uh, relationship first or coach athlete first? Uh, coach
1: athlete. So we coach athlete athlete for a while before there um, anything else. And I think we we both you know held off for for quite some time, knowing that I don't know, like he had he had set a boundary that like that's something I I'm not crossing. And from my point of view as well, like I had had something really good going finally found a really good coach uh and you know you don't want to jeopardize that either so it yeah. did take uh yeah it took some time before we both like you know oh shit,
0: <laughs> just staring longingly at each other across the top bucket <laughs> and-, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and um what's like so i was curious what the the dynamic is because like obviously i suppose for most people who are working with a coach um either I suppose in person or remotely the the relationship tends to be that you know maybe for a maximum of like four hours a day yeah you've got this in-person contact with that person and they're you know uh maybe breaking down some of your lifts and building them back up again or they're you know coaching you in something specific or there, there could be days where they're just watching you and then chatting to you about it afterwards but like yours is I suppose like The guts of 24 hours a day every day so like you can't there's no there's no point where you can be like
1: give me space you know yeah (laughs) like just
0: like it like is it is it difficult to switch off like is it difficult to be like you know we're not talking about crossfit now we're like watching a movie or we're not you know like or is it is it is that something that you had to find a way to do or is it something that just was there naturally uh
1: so i think so the hard thing I would say is like, okay, so we're coach athlete. We're also boyfriend, girlfriend. I work for him. Uh, so I do a lot of work behind the scenes in the program. And then yeah. we also open a gym together here on the island. So like we're, we're boyfriend, girlfriend, coach athlete, like, you know, boss, employee, but then also co-owners. We have so yeah. many dynamics going. Um, I think we, we, we can be good at like not necessarily always talking about the coach athlete dynamic, hmm. but then we also have the boss employee dynamic and the co cowork- like the co worker dynamic. So we're probably maybe not as good as like putting all the work to the side and I like focus on the relationship. You know, most of the time I'm an athlete and then I go home. come home and then, you know, he's not happy with me because I haven't done my job good enough because I'm too tired, so, you know, so. It's
0: like you just told me to go for a 10K run. How would exactly. I have do this? And now, yeah.
1: now you expect me to be able to, yeah, you know? So. Yeah, you're like, hey, I'll, just, I'll talk
0: to my coach about it and I'll get yes. back to you and see if I, yeah. Uh, but no, but
1: it's, you know, I think um he obviously knows me very well and the fact that he sees me all day as well it makes him it's very easy for him to tweak you know my volume my intensity knowing when i need to back off when i can push more uh but it's also very intense so you know it has has it ups and downs as as most other things i'd say
0: (laughs) yeah i'm just picturing him saying like okay Saturday we're going to give you a rest day on Saturday and then Saturday morning he just dumps like paperwork on a desk and he's like hey it's your rest day today and he just yeah, for, for work yeah exactly <laughs> that's how it is
1: no Um.
0: so I suppose like the the uh, most recent place people would have seen you is at Dubai um, and you had like you finished fifth you had like a, a good competition and like are those uh, off season competitions are, are they purely fun or are they are they like litmus tests to see okay where do i stack up or like as in i suppose against the field but also just in your own head compared to say before the open last year like is that largely why you do them or is it because it's like hey i can make some money and it's a bit of fun
1: uh so one it is it is for the fun like cuz you can actually it's not the same pressure as uh, for the games uh, off-season competition we also don't tape in the same way we would do for the game so we kind of we, we're, we're training normally and then I'm taking like you know two three days a bit easier before the competition so we don't we don't make it into such a big thing which means um, you know the pressure is a bit a bit less but we definitely use it to uh, as a bit of a tester to just see like okay have the things that we worked on has it paid off how are you now stack, stacking up to the rest of the field are you are we you know are we um, getting the behind on certain things because it's very like CrossFit there's so many things that you have to balance all the time so it's it's a good yeah. test to see where you're at uh for me dubai now as well especially was also just because um, I, I had a bit of a rough uh, comeback just after games with with rogue uh, and and that made put me in a bit like not maybe the best uh, best place mentally so dubai like from rogue to dubai I, I really worked on you know my head and my mindset going into the competition uh, so to Dubai was really much also like a tester to see if like I can put some of the things that I'd uh, practice into uh, action basically
0: um, and what, what were the pitfalls you thought you had at Rogue compared to Dubai uh,
1: so I, I think after games, I one I did have Covid after games which I think affected my conditioning more than I again admitted probably uh, and then uh, with Not having the 2020 season, I kind of feel like I had like, uh, you know, I kind of trained from 2020 all the way to 21 uh, Mm -hmm. without that Games. So it was just a very long time focusing on Games 2021. Uh, So it was like just such a big kind of anti-climax after the Games. And I think I was just very mentally drained and tired as well after like, you know, pushing so hard for so long. Uh, So I also don't think I'd gotten back into the to the one to train as hard as I need to train to be the best I can be basically post games
0: is that like the joy of it was gone kind of that?
1: yeah it was like okay now we're gonna do it all again you know yeah <laughs> uh and then for what okay trying to be like you know can I can I come back and make it a bit better so but it's, it's just knowing like going through ahead like all the sacrifices that you have to make and you know how dedicated you have to be so I think I I, I did take um, a whole month off after the games. Uh, But it probably took me like, uh, yeah, I didn't have like that fire burning inside me when I when I got back to training straight away. And then Rogue was like the the kick in the butt that I needed to get my shit together, basically, (laughs) if you can put it that way.
0: And was, do you think was that common among the field that Rogue? Because like, I was kind of conscious of that when it was like, because it, it, it looked exciting and it looked fun and everything. But then it's also like, God, they must be just wrecked. Like yeah. after such a long season and then the games and then most of them were probably in a similar position to you where they took two, three weeks off yeah. and then have to taper back up. Like was did I, was anybody else talking about it or is that the kind of thing that athletes don't talk to each other about uh, even if they're feeling it?
1: We did not talk about it. Mainly because I would say that we were all in the same boat, so we'd all gone through it. So there wasn't like it wasn't one of us standing out having done that, and the others hadn't done it. We were like everyone had gone through exactly the same, so uh, which was why I kind of went there and I didn't maybe think I was gonna do that bad I was like, you know, everyone else has had a month off as well, and blah blah blah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, we didn't, yeah, we we, they would. In um, generally, try not to complain too much. You like you're not, not going to admit to your competitor that you know you're sore or yeah. <laughs> you're not in shape. You know you're you're, yeah. you're pretending that you're in the best shape you've ever been.
0: Uh. <laughs> um, what? What? Uh, I suppose the, the the striking thing on the female side, from my eye just glancing at the the leaderboard over the last like two three years, is how many people are going to be missing from it this year that are usually somewhere in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Like you've got Kristen is obviously retiring, like Carrie, um, Annie is going team. I think I, am not sure if it's true or not, but I heard that Chrissy O'Connell is going team as well. Um, like, are you, do you allow yourself to look at those and think like, oh, well 17th now becomes like 13th. Or, yeah. like, can you, can you look at it that way? Or do you have to totally detach yourself from it?
1: Uh, I don't, I try not to think too much about my competitors. Uh, Like my goal, you know, every day when I go into every session, my goal is to do the best that I can do. And some days, you know, I obviously feel like shit and my best is not very good. But then I always try to bring it back. And, and, you know, it's hard on those days, but like I do, do then bring it back. Like, okay, so what can I do today? And what's my best effort today? And the same out on the competition floor, like I really just try to focus on what I can do. Uh, 'cause because you know how good the others are it's just so so out of my control uh but yeah you said you know there are people disappearing now so you know it opens up slots but then you also have like a generation of of like kids coming up through so you know i'm not going to take anything easy i'm going to train just as hard and then i, I want to go to a uh, goal is obviously to make it back to the games this year uh, and i just really want to leave knowing that i gave you know my absolute best and put on a my good like a good performance uh, this year so
0: try and does to... it like when other people like when you see because obviously you're you know you're kind of relatively close I suppose compared to other athletes to say like Kristen so like when you see people retiring are you does that make you think <laughs> about your own career and like you know obviously you've mentioned the businesses and stuff that you have going like in like consistently in the background do you think are you do you ever think about those kind of things or will you just kind of sort of know when the time is right, I guess?
1: Yeah, so Kristen is actually, I use more as like a motivator because I can okay. see like, okay, she 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 did retire now, but, you know, she just got better and better and better. So looking at Kristen, I'm like, okay, if I want to have five good years, like I, I can do yes. this for another five years. And to be honest, like, you know, I'm not going to want to do this more than five more years. It's, it's tiring. And at some point, you know, you are going to want to, just enjoy life and yeah. But so, so Christine, I do, I, I look at more like, cause it's very easy to think like, okay, cause I, I train obviously with Gabby uh, and she's seven years younger than me. Uh, so it's very hard. Like sometimes, you know, I can bring myself down thinking like, you know, I'm too old for this. You know, my body can't handle it. But then looking at Kristin, looking at Sam Briggs, I'm like, you know what? Uh, I still have at least five, another five good years if, if I do things right. Um, so no, like, it's, it's more maybe, not pressure from home, but it's like, you know, it's friends, family. I don't necessarily think John would want me to do this for another five years. <laughs> so it's more things like that. Like, you know, I'm not, and, and also my body doesn't handle the same it did when I was 24. So you just need to be a bit smarter about things. But yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd say John the coach would probably want you to, but John the business partner and boss is, and boyfriend yeah. is probably like, no, like maybe to. two or three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I suppose as well. another thing that happened in your off season, uh, you joined uh, you're sporting a hustle made jumper there. So you joined yeah. <laughs> uh, hustle made as one one of their first. Um, the first. Uh, the first of. Uh, it feels like there's like another one being announced every like couple of weeks. So like they're building an extraordinary team. Yeah. And it's I suppose like I've I've spoken to like some of the people um, either for interviews or just like casually you know on Instagram and stuff, and they're like they're all nice people. I think that's the, good. Mm-hmm. The, like, I have a lot of time for Royce. Like, I think he's great. I've, I've interviewed him a couple of times and he's always very giving. And obviously you're on now. Um, but like, I've spoken to Drew a few times, like just in messages and stuff. And I like, the, I guess the common thread is like, uh, a kind of genuine niceness, like a, a good guyishness among the people that they seem to be bringing in. What, how did that happen on your end? Were you like, kind of friendly with them beforehand and then the the opportunity came up or did they reach out to you like unexpectedly or how did it come about uh
1: uh firstly thank you for thinking we're all, uh, all good people <laughs> that's very nice uh no so i um i, I met them the first time actually because i did uh, we traveled so i um i did Torian pro in australia two years in a row oh yeah uh so in 20 this must have been 2018 They went to and Pro one day. I think they were filming Royce uh, quite a bit. And he he won the male and I won the female. So I met them for the first time back in 2018. Uh, Didn't really see them uh, much since that. And then obviously, you know, the world shut shut down. So they didn't travel to competitions and stuff either. Uh, But spoke to them a bit during the games, um, like this year. But then also, you know, we're busy. So after that, I've just been speaking a bit like, you know, just... Sorry, that was the dog. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know if you heard that <laughs> uh we just been speaking a bit like just uh just back and forth and then uh craig did reach out and i was uh i, I was quite surprised mainly because um uh, i didn't it didn't even cross my mind they were looking for athletes you know they didn't have yeah. any athletes they're influencing themselves they're doing so well so it just it hadn't even crossed my mind that awesome made was an option if you know what i mean of, yeah. when it comes to sponsorship um Azure was a surprise. Uh, I would say we got along before that, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't think they were looking for athletes.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, so I suppose, like, it's, it, they're probably in a unique position where, you know, you talk you always hear about people talking about boots on the ground, and, like, when you're there and you see what's happening and you know what people need and stuff, I suppose they're probably in a unique position compared to other brands because they've spent so much time with so many different athletes, and they've, like... You know literally lived in their shadow you know Mm. capturing content and you know they've i suppose seen them at their best moments and at their worst and they've recorded it and spoken to them and stuff so they know like where the shortcomings are for people like you who need that extra you know that extra one percent might come from not having to worry about flights or not having to worry about whatever you know like financial issue might crop up because you don't have it or whatever so yeah no i think yeah it seems like a good match um with training then, you mentioned Gabby. Um, obviously, you, we've seen a lot of different athletes come through Mallorca either for prolonged periods of time or else like passing through. Like, so I know Adrian's there a good bit. Mm-hmm. You've got Gabby. Laura's been there. Like, you know, Christoph is there. Like, there it just seems to be a consistent good group. And then there's people drifting in and out at different times of year. Like, you mentioned that when you're looking at training with Gabby you're thinking like oh god like this you know uh, I, like how long can I keep doing this for whatever is there like do you have to compartmentalize your own training like like because if you're you're probably doing I guess like you know much the same if you're all working with the same uh, coach or group of coaches I'm assuming that there's a lot of crossover in your training and stuff like so do you do, do you guys train separately when it comes to like say competitive training or do you use each other as, like, you know, a push in your training? Or, or is there times when you have to do one and times you have to do the other so that you avoid, like, overtraining or burning out or something?
1: Yeah, so uh, Gabby and Christoph they moved to the island in, uh, in like, February 2020 uh, to, you know, train with John and to uh, be coached by John and training with me, basically. Um, so then from from twenty twenty uh, February 2020 until Games 21, uh we did every session together uh like the same and we're together every day um uh, and then after games we we sat down and basically like had a bit of a conversation because it gets very intense like because you, you know we, we are we're training partners but we're also competitors and it's yeah. that like always having someone to uh you know compare with and feeling they always have to perform it can be quite tiring uh so after games this year now we've actually started so we're, um, when I'm not doing the same uh, every day anymore, uh, we train. We train together. Uh, four out of the, no, no, because we swim together as well. Okay, we train together fifty-fifty public. Um, yeah. yeah, So fifty. But I suppose right.
0: it 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 lessens the opportunity for comparison. I suppose it, whether it's. Because I know, like I know exactly what you're saying. Where it's easy to say, even just from an average gym goer's perspective, it can be hard. Where you know they talk about like, oh, don't compare yourself to other people and just do your own thing and whatever. But then you go in and you're, you know, doing back squats and you glance over and see what someone else is doing and you think like, fuck, should I be doing the same as them? Like, are they doing more than I'm doing? Should I be doing less because they're only doing that much? Should I go down? Like, it's it can be hard to separate yourself from. The environment that you're in so I guess like 50 50 is a fair split because you get the push you need sometimes but then can separate yourself from other times and just do your own thing I suppose yeah
1: yeah exactly it's, it's a good mix now and the thing as well is just like you kind of expect what well, you're not expected to but you're kind of you're putting pressure on yourself and you think that you would you always should be able to perform at your best uh, so then just when you have those you know, tough days, uh, they become even more apparent when you're, like, next to someone else who's maybe having a good day. Uh, so mentally, that can just be, be rough and yeah. you kind of feel like you're stepping back whilst they, you know, they are going forward and you get very frustrated. So,
0: yeah. Um, If we were sitting here in, in end of January uh, 2023, what would a successful 2022 look like <laughs> looking back on it?
1: Uh, So um i i i'm not going to i'm not going to like let a placement alone dictate how happy i am with the season or not because there's so much that, that goes like so much out of my control that goes into that but i do have a bit of like yeah i don't know if it's hairy goal but i i would you know i i want to push for top 10 of the games mm. uh, that is something that i'm you know I think I think it's like, you know, you, you should have a goal that kind of scares you a bit. It excites you, but also scares you a bit. Otherwise, it's not a good goal. Uh, so that is that is what I've kind of said to myself, like top 10 at, at the games. And then, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if I, I'd, I'd say if I manage to be top top 10 at the games and then also again get the invite to, you know, Rogue and Dubai. So I get to compete at those big off-season competitions. That is, uh, uh, yeah. would be the goal for, for next
0: year. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's fair. Um, Okay, well, look, we'll finish with a quick fire. Um, So they're all either or. Um, So bike or run? Run. Um, Snatch or clean? Snatch. Uh, Swim or row? Row. Uh, Sun or snow?
1: Ooh, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to say sun, but (laughs) it's not that simple because if it's like good snow powder, snowboard, you know. That is pretty good as well. (laughs)
0: Um, And if you were to hang up your individual grips and go team, who, Mm. who would you pick as your teammates? Oh,
1: I haven't even thought of that. I don't know. I guess the,
0: the, the, obvious, <laughs> the obvious, just by pure proximity, you're probably looking at Christoph, Adrian and Gabby would be the... That,
1: the, the, that would be the easy pick, but I can tell you that yeah. that would probably not work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, think, I think Gabby and I, uh, Gabby is not, you know, she's not interested in going team at all. I can say that, but I think me and Gabby would be, you know, that would be a good, good female team. Uh, Christoph yeah. as well. Maybe, maybe think...
0: for, maybe for like Wadapalooza or something.
1: Yeah. Uh, Christoph I also think you know he could do very uh, very well on the team he's very strong and he's got you know he's got what's needed for team so I could put Christoph there and I think then Royce would actually be a good match with Christoph because they're both oh, very yeah. good uh, so that could be a good team
0: and tall they're both tall yeah too, which so th- helps. they
1: would match each other because you know you need to yeah. be able to synchronize stuff as well <laughs>
0: You could just put one of the guys at the back of the war and one at the front and then you and, and can Gabby just can rest. just watch, watch it go over your heads. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Exactly.
0: Um, well, look, thanks, for being, um, for giving us so much of your time, We really You appreciate it. Uh, best of luck with everything, the open onwards, up to the games and your, your aspirations for it. And that is the cutest puppy I think I've ever seen <laughs> in my life.
1: <laughs> yeah, he just came now. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me.